You're listening to the awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. Let's go to Cincinnati. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) I come from C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I, Cincinnati. The best town in Ohio, USA. At first they called it Cincy, but since Cincy is so natty, they named it Cincinnati, so they say. Hey, the girls are pretty, pretty in this pretty little city. The fellers are the feistiest I've seen. And when it comes to Baltics, the red and the Bengals Maltese. They knock the socks off Baltics on the green. I mean, truth argues indefensible. The facts are common sense of Baltics in C. Do not pass go. Go straight to the light. Wow. Now, that clip was only a minute and a half, but if, if it felt like an eternity to you, it did for me too watching it again. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. I got to be a Grinch this episode because we'll get into it. Anyway, we're going to re- uh, welcome back to 80s Visited. I'm your host, as always, Trey Harris. With me, as always, the toy land to my babe. That makes no sense, I know. But my producer, Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am. And we're here with our trilogy of Christmas films. And we're starting with, and I, I, this is my fault. I'm, I, I take full responsibility. The 1986 TV movie, Babes in Toyland. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know, on paper, kind of like Rhinestone, this movie seemed like it might not be too bad. TV movie. I got a TV movie, okay? Yeah. Just keep that in mind. That gives it a little bit of leeway. It's a TV movie. But it's got a great cast, uh, mostly. But, <laughs> <laughs> man, I was... I, I admit when I'm wrong. I was absolutely wrong to think about doing this one. I should have watched it first before I added it to the list. Uh, but this is a Christmas movie. It was a Christmas TV special. So let's get into the details, and then we'll talk about this piece of coal under our tree, right, for this year. So anyway, came on television, American TV at least, December 19th, 1986. IMDb gives it a 5.4, way too high. Rotten Tomatoes, no critical reviews, but 50% of the audience liked it. Mm. Uh, Don't know anything about the budget or anything like that, because it was a TV movie. However, it was directed by Clive Donner. And I was like, oh, maybe it's uh, Richard Donner's brother. Nah. Uh, This dude did a bunch of TV movies I've never heard of. uh, Although he did do a a TV version in 1984 of A Christmas Carol. So I'm not sure who was in that or anything. I know there's a ton of versions of that movie. Uh, It was written by Paul Zindel. Funny enough, he did – it was the uh, Christmas story with George C. Scott. Thank you, producer Jesse, for backing me up there. Uh, But the writer of this, I'm sorry, the director, I'm sorry, no, I was on the writer, excuse me, sorry, uh, Paul Zindel, he also wrote the television miniseries of Alice in Wonderland, which I remember that. Now, 
again, I haven't watched it since I was a kid. Same thing with this movie. But I remember that being really freaking creepy. Mm. Very, very creepy. As I remembered parts of this movie, which we'll get into in a minute. But yeah, Babes in Toyland is based on a book by Glenn McDonough. Uh, apparently, he was a big fan of The Wizard of Oz because this is straight up The Wizard of Oz <laughs> with no personality aside from Keanu. Yeah. Uh, cinematography was done by Arthur Ibbotson. Uh, now he's an old he's an old school cinematographer. He did he was a cinematographer on Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Whoa. Uh, and also didn't know this till I was looking it up. He's actually the cinematographer of next week's movie, which not like it's a spoiler, but it's Santa Claus the movie, which mm. I haven't seen probably since it came out in the eighties. So uh, we'll check that one out next week. But same cinematographer. And unfortunately for Mr. Albert, this was Arthur, excuse me, this was his last film. Mm. Uh, now, the cast, again, great cast in this movie on paper. Performance wise, I think they all knew they were in a TV movie and that was about it. <laughs> but uh, Neo himself, Keanu Reeves as Jack. Of course, Bill and Ted, Point Break, uh, The Replacements, one of the best and most underrated sports movies ever made, also starring the great Gene Hackman. Uh, and of course, The Matrix, uh, Matrix the new Matrix. Uh, let's see, what is the new one? Matrix Resurrection mm -hmm. coming out uh, in just a couple of days. Excited for that. Uh, I'm a fan of the entire trilogy. I'm not saying the sequels were as good as the original. They absolutely were not. But I think there's more good and bad to be found there. Uh, a very young 11, to be, uh, as a matter of fact, Drew Barrymore is Lisa. Of course, Gertie from E.T., Charlie's Angels, 50 First Dates. And she's got her own like talk show now, too. So you know who Drew Barrymore is. She's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, Eileen Brennan, a veteran of the podcast. She's old mother Hubbard. She was Mrs. Peacock in Clue. Also, uh, she had a little role in Jeepers Creepers. And she is more so famous for tons and tons of television. Name a TV show. She was a character on it, you know, in kind of one or two episode kind of thing. Mm. Uh, but she honestly mainly was a big time, you know, you, you know her, a character actress, a television character actress who did do some films. Put it to you that way. Uh, Jill Sholin as Mary Contrary. Uh, honestly, she is an underrated and not often mentioned enough scream queen as far as I'm concerned because she was in the 80s, I think it was the 80s or maybe it was early 90s version of Phantom of the Opera with Robert England, which uh, I watched that not too recently ago for, uh, in October for Halloween. And God, that sucked. <laughs> it was bad. Uh, it's 89, so if you want to cover yeah, it. Might, might have to do it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't because the whole buildup for that movie was that, oh, Robert England the guy that plays Freddie is the fan of the opera. And mm. I love Robert England. He chews the scenery probably the most I've ever seen next to uh, Alan Rickman from Princess, uh, I almost said the Princess Bride, uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's, the movie itself is not good, but if you want to check it out, it's, it's worth watching once. We might cover it uh, when we get to Halloween again. But yeah, her, her horror resume is pretty dang good. Fan of the opera, Popcorn, I think that was 1990, uh, an underrated but really cool movie. Uh, Cutting Class with Roddy McDowell and this, the original stepfather with uh, I forget his name, but he was the the sheriff in Silver Bullet, and he was on Lost. Uh, Terry O'Quinn. Uh, yeah. yeah. Thank you again, producer Jesse. <laughs> saving the day, like the Ghostbusters, saving the day. Uh, yeah. So she's, as far as I'm concerned, uh, off forgotten screen queen. I mean, for definitely decent, I would say, uh, horror films to her resume, and of course, Babes in Toyland. <laughs> Mm. but a uh, very pretty out of crush on her when I was a kid from this movie. One of the main reasons I watched it a whole bunch, uh, cause I believe my grandmother or mom recorded it when it came on television. So my memory of this was very, very nostalgic, but as we like to caution, 
you know, and be wary. Nostalgia is a double-edged sword. As we'll get into in just a second, let's finish this cast. Uh, one of the strangest named actors this side of Dick Warlock, Googie Gress, was Georgie Porgy, one of the most annoying and just cringy characters ever in any any episode <laughs> of this podcast. Uh, he was also he's a bit actor. I would, I guess you could say a character actor, but almost like a character background actor, or like you know, not like an Edie McClurg where she has like actual lines in a movie but like he might have like one line or he's like in a room full of people sitting at a table like yes mm-hmm, yeah but uh apollo 13 the, actually he did have a recurring role on the parenthood tv show uh but like i said a lot most of his resumes a lot of bit parts uh this might have been one of his biggest roles aside from parenthood <laughs> the tv show that is funny enough uh keanu reeves was in the film version of parenthood which the tv show was based off of uh, Richard Mulligan, which as Barnaby, which I know him simply because my grandparents love to watch Empty Nest. Yeah. Uh, funny actor, but uh, more so I remember him honestly from a film. Unfortunately, I think it was seventy nine or seventy eight, but a film called Scavenger Hunt, which I watched. I watched that movie over and over as a kid. Great film. A lot of seventies uh, actors. Swart, uh, Arnold's in it mm-hmm. uh, in a bit part, a cameo, if you will. Meatloaf. I mean, a ton of actors are in that movie and it's a really fun movie. Unfortunately won't be able to cover it on the podcast. And also I need to correct myself because last week I believe it was, I mentioned the Lord of the Rings animated cartoon mm-hmm. with the cinematographer. I believe it was last week. That was actually in the sev- uh, late seventies. It was not made in the eighties. Uh, uh, so I, if anybody caught that, nobody said anything, but if you didn't mm-hmm. like, ha got him, I'm going to send him an email, but not next episode. <laughs> Pocket your emails. I'm correcting it right now. Cause I thought it was like early eighties, but it was in fact, I think 78, 79. Somewhere around there. Uh, so, yeah, Richard Mulligan. Also, he was in Meatballs too. And last but certainly not least, arguably the best actor in this, uh, Pat Morita as the Toy Master. Uh, of course, uh, Happy Days. And obviously, most notable, his, his iconic role as Mr. Miyagi in four Karate Kid movies. And, of course, he passed away a while back, unfortunately. But, you know, he he, he brings some sincerity to this uh, hodgepodge of a children's toy aisle at Walmart after... You know, Black Friday is how the best way to describe this movie, which we can now talk about fully because we covered the main cast as far as I'm concerned. Now, like I said, I watched this movie a ton in the 80s when it came out. Somebody in my family recorded on VHS. I watched it a very good bit, but have but since then have not watched it uh, at all until. Oh, it's on Prime. It's a Christmas movie. Because the uh, bookend part takes place on Christmas Eve, so yeah, it's a Christmas movie as far as I as far as I'm concerned. I will never watch it again around Christmas. <laughs> uh, thankfully, I didn't watch it with my child to where she might like it and then want to watch it again. <laughs> so, <laughs> pretty much, this was a final watch for me on this, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Unless you pay me money to watch it again, to suffer, uh, that's the only way it's going to happen. But yeah, as a kid, I remember it being fun. I remember liking it. Didn't remember it having a song aside from the one we opened with with Cincinnati, which as bad as that song was, is the best song in this. Uh, and it should be noted too, uh, on Amazon Prime, at least here in the US, it's the 94 minute version, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the original television broadcast was 140 minutes long. And as I was telling Jesse off the air, I am eternally grateful <laughs> that the gods at Amazon did not put the hour and 40 minute version on their streaming service because I would have torn my hair out. I barely got through this one. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I was just like, man, I have, this is probably the most uh, opposite view I have of a movie we've ever done on the podcast from when I was a child. And again, let's, let's be fair. This is a TV movie 
meant for children. This is not made for us, us older people looking back through the lens of nostalgia. Now, are there children's movies that, uh, like Never Ending Story, Willow, that we look back at and they're still amazing? Absolutely. This was had no desire except to be a TV children's movie filmed on the cheap in Germany, where the Never Ending Story was filmed co- uh, coincidentally. Uh, so, you know, let's got to be fair about that. You know, however, this is this movie. Spoiler alert. It's garbage. <laughs> it's bad. It's not enjoyable. I didn't like, you know, it was like, oh, Keanu and Pat Morita and Drew Barrymore will pull me through. And Jill uh, Schloen is very easy on the eyes. That barely did it. You know, no, is every actor in this is aware that is this is a television movie. Nobody, you know, Pat Morita is not giving a Mr. Miyagi performance in here, an Oscar nominated performance. You know, uh, Richard Mulligan's chewing up the scenery as Barnaby. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Keanu Reeves is very uh, heroic, but in a children's book kind of way. And again, if you watch this, you'll you'll this will make perfect sense what I'm saying. I I believe, yeah. But you know, oh man, like we say, nostalgia is a double edged sword. Sometimes that sword is sharp only on one side, but this one it cut deep on both. Because as a kid, it was great. Watching it today or a couple days ago, actually, over the course of two days, to be honest, because I was just like, man. I'm tired. I don't want to stay up another 45 minutes to finish this movie tonight. Uh, Cause we're actually recording this on Thursday. We normally record on Tuesday because this was a chore to get through. Uh, but Jesse, <laughs> unfortunately I subjected you to this too. You and yeah, you watched it. So what are your thoughts? Cause I, I would assume, cause you were born in like what? 84, 85, 82, 82. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. My mistake. So you, you there, there's a chance as a young, young child, you may have watched this, you nope. know, when you're, <laughs> Early, well, lucky you. Nope, my, this so was this my was, first viewing. Oh God, the floor is yours. Um, Let us know what you thought. Yeah, a couple random things. The the bear cops are useless. <laughs> They're like Keystone bear cops for a Cookie Factory. They made a lot of cake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only cookies there were the ones Georgie had in his hat, which is disgusting. He pulls a cookie from his hat multiple times in this movie. And this dude has curly, like, I have curly hair. You don't want to put food, on, you don't put food on hair anyway. One hair is enough to ruin a piece of food for me. This dude's keeping cookies in his hat and offering the, pe- offering the people. No, cringe. <laughs> and if you do anyway, watch sorry. this with your kids, um, <laughs> the person that plays Georgie, just tell, tell your kids that's Kyle Gass from Tenacious D. They won't know. <laughs> that's a mean that's a mean we need to do i want to tell my kids this was kyle gas <laughs> this was kyle gas his old acting career uh but yeah it's it's pretty much what you described um i was really surprised when the cincinnati song came on because i didn't know it was a musical so whenever yeah, they started singing I, I completely forgot i was like oh it's a musical <laughs> and then then it comes back later they start singing the cincinnati song again oh but oh yeah, that's what how I mean. do they know the Cincinnati song? They're not the same people. I don't know. Exactly. Like, exactly. It doesn't make sense. Um, At all. Yeah. Why are the cars the way they are? Oh, that had to be they a sound the nightmare, from, uh... by the way, for the sound guy. <laughs> it's like, I want you to oh, take out all the engine noises and put in little bubbly noise, but then add back all the other noises. I'm like, oh, I would have quit. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, the stunts of the stunt driving in these go-karts is really complex yeah let me tell you but yeah the, i meant to mention that too uh I, I had that in my brain to say in the intro but neglected to until you brought it back up i was gonna say you know and re- kids remember this song if you ever are getting mind controlled <laughs> yeah. if you can sing the cincinnati song it will completely disable evil 
It is the purest song of good. I imagine when I go to the pearly gates, I'm going to hear the Cincinnati song like, oh, wow. Is this heaven? Because I might want to go to hell. (laughs) Welcome to Cincinnati. (laughs) Imagine if you actually took the time to remember that song and then go to Cincinnati and just break out. I'll tell you what. When I was searching that on you, that clip on YouTube to send to you to open the show with, uh-huh. I have to admit the the song helped me remember how to spell Cincinnati to Google it. Oh wow! So it did work. I don't remember any of the other stuff except you know it's C I N N. I don't forgot it again because I don't. Have to, I never have to remember that again. But uh, the main thing I remembered from this film as a kid, I remember that I liked it, but I also remembered there was some there was some creepy stuff in it, which Humpty Dumpty which we just saw was in, is incredibly creepy. <laughs> but uh, the monsters at the end as a kid uh, didn't scare me in the way that like I've, I've told like the, the Tuscan Raiders when they pop up in Star Wars. Right, right. Like literally gave me a recurring nightmare of being uh, hunted by them. You know, it wasn't that. But as a kid, I'm like, oh, that's creepy, man. That's, you know, so as a kid, this movie definitely appealed to me on that 80s level. And what I mean by that is that one soldier has his eyes like looking off to the side. <laughs> Sorry, visual joke on audio podcast, everybody. I know it happens a lot. Sorry. But, uh, you know, I remember the, I don't remember what they're called because the movie sucks. Uh, you know, the toy soldiers are creepy to me, more creepy to me as an adult than the, the wood creatures things, or the yeah. forest creatures. Yeah. But uh, the one with the one eye, like used to creep me out when he's like flapping around at him. And like, as a, as a kid, of course, as an adult, I'm like, man. What a wuss I was thinking this was scary. Because, <laughs> obviously, this is the toy soldiers, man. Those little lifeless eyes, and it's just so, they're creepy to me. They, they look like uh, mm. almost upright versions of the wheelies from Return to Oz, which uh, those creeped a lot of kids like me out in the 80s, too, uh, seeing that movie in the theater. And hey, this is a wizard. <laughs> it's so great. You can tell it's just a prop, and they move it around and they lean it against the wall like he's looking. Like it's not even animated. Just they just leaned it there. For, His eyes are so a little bad. crooked. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Now you know. Again, this is a TV movie. You know, I'm be- I'm being absolutely hard on it for com- you know attempted comedic reasons. You know, for what it is at its time, it's not as bad as I'm making it out to be. But the bottom line is the fact of the matter is, I guess I should say, as an adult, this movie is not good. There's there's no reason. I'm telling you now, if you want to be a completion, say I've watched. I was there with Trey and Jesse. I watched every movie they covered. I'm <laughs> telling you now, if you haven't seen this, there's no reason to. You can listen to this and get everything you this podcast. And we told you everything you need to know about it. Now, if you want to say that I've seen everything Keanu Reeves has been in, then you have to watch this. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, you know, they're, they're, they know, you can tell the actors are aware of what movie they're in. They're, nobody's like playing this like it's going to be an Emmy Award winning kind of soldier. <laughs> <laughs> Their eyes are all different shape. Like they're all, they're all looking a different way. It's so ridiculous. But uh, and actually, for a, a kids' movie too, there's a lot of like blatant violence in this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like fist, like a, there's a pretty brutal. I say I'd say brutal, but I mean. Keanu Reeves straight up Neo fights Barnaby at the end. I mean, he punches him like 10 or 15 times. He beats the snot out of that old man. Uh, you know, so, but again, there's, to wrap it up, not to repeat myself too much as I normally do, there's really not a lot of good in here uh, to warrant you watching this if you've never seen it. If you're curious, like, it, well, that, it can't be, a, you know, Trey over-exaggerates. Nah, bro, watch this movie. Then tell me if I'm over-exaggerating it. But hey, you know what? Like I always say, if you like it, 
There's nothing wrong with that because that's your opinion. And it's just as valid as mine. That one's always been looking straight up like, why am I? Look, there he is. Why am I here? I was looking at why? the bunny shaking a cucumber at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the background's more entertaining. Like the uh, the costume characters are more entertaining <laughs> than the live act, like the, the human characters in this. Because, you know, they're like Jesse was saying, the bear cops are useless. You can see the zippers in the back. Yeah. You can see the gap in their helmets. You can tell, like, you know, they can't see what they're doing some of the time. So it's just like confusion. <laughs> so that aspect of it is funny. And, you know, for a TV movie in the 80s, they did good with the budget. I'd say, you know, it, it, it looks like a TV movie. But aside, honestly, Georgie's costume is probably the cheapest looking thing in the movie. <laughs> uh, it just looks like a spirit Halloween costume that you would get. You know, yeah. no no design. At least Barnaby's has some villain flair to it. And the henchmen, you know, look like hunchbacks and they look kind of creepy and you know, it has, you know, there's some production stuff that I, I can't fault the movie for, for what it is. Of course, it was filmed in Germany because it was cheaper. And I think the money they saved didn't probably end up on the screen. But yeah, don't watch this movie unless you're curious. I'm telling you now, because if you do, do not blame me. I can't believe Trey recommended that movie because I told you right at the beginning. and I'm telling you again, <laughs> I was wrong. I was wrong to do this movie for Christmas. I want to mm. do something that I remembered fondly. In you know the eye of nostalgia, but gee whiz, was I wrong? Look at that cocaine. This is. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah. had to be a choice that he had. <laughs> you know, oh, he already had it. <laughs> Going into this movie, <laughs> just painted it black. Talking about Barnaby's thumbnails, extremely long. It's not like you well, know mystery cocaine. men, where Jeffrey Rush would like threaten people with his long fingernail. You know, this is just. Like he could like kill Keanu with it, like slice his jugular, but it's, it's never a weapon. It's just, it's just theatrical. They knew, I don't know what word I'm looking for. It sucks. Yeah. So <laughs> bottom line. And again, I love Keanu Reeves. I like Drew Barrymore. I love Pat Morita. Jill Schloen's an underrated actress. Eileen Brennan's pretty good. Uh, you know, so you got a, you got a good cast here, but everybody's here for a paycheck. Nobody was here to like, we're going to make the best babes in Toyland ever. And I haven't seen any of the other versions, so I'm not sure if I, that even if it, if it might be the best one. I don't know. I don't want to know because this is just a Wizard of Oz ripoff from top to bottom. It's a ripoff of the Wizard of Oz. So go watch the Wizard of Oz and thank thank me. Thank don't don't condemn me for doing this movie. Thank me for making sure that you never see Keanu Reeves's face on the thumbnail on Amazon. But whoa, whoa, exactly. Whoa, whoa. Keanu's in this, and you go to watch it. I'm saving you that. Don't. Even if you're the biggest Keanu fan and you have to watch it, you know, that's the only reason to say, like, you know, I've watched every movie he's done. It's the only reason to watch this, uh, to be honest. So there's, uh, no, again, kids, kids will probably like this movie a lot. I'm glad my daughter didn't watch it because if she did, and you know, you know how kids are, you know, thankfully my daughter loves Nightmare Before Christmas. So I have no problem listening to that or having that on in the background every other day. Uh, this movie, I would go insane. Because <laughs> there's nothing, there's nothing here to enjoy from an adult perspective. This is a pure kids movie, so in that regard, it succeeds. But upon where we're at today, forty years later, uh, well, a little less than forty, of course. But you know, you know what I'm saying. It does not hold up. It's not for adults. This is a kids movie. Leave it be with the children's. Uh, thankfully, there's only a few little, barely, trivial things to even talk about the trivia. But let's get through them real quick. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned, the original version was 140 minutes long, but thankfully the only version that exists where we can watch it here, free at least, uh, or uh, 
I'm not sure if they have it on DVD or anything, but um, I'm YouTube, referring to Amazon Prime. If you want to, YouTube has both versions. I believe you said mentioned yeah. Jesse. Uh, again, I don't know why you want to watch 240 minutes of this or 140 minutes of this. The 94 ver- version minute long version tells you everything you need to know. Now I could be wrong. It's 200. I mean, I keep saying 200 for some reason because it it, it feels it's 140 minutes, <laughs> but I guarantee it's going to feel like 240 because it's so slow. Um, so much back and forth. Now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say because I don't know. Maybe the 140 minute version is actually better and tolerable. I'm not gonna find out. If you got the the guts to do that, you let me know, uh, and we'll go from there. Uh, I thought this was interesting. I say interesting, uh, but uh, you know, as a kid, I remember my parents always or my mom was like, "Yeah, Drew Barrymore. She's like, she's got so many problems." As you know, media. You know what you hear with celebrity children, all that. But yeah, she was 11 year olds during filming. She was already somehow at 11 a regular at nightclubs and had been smoking for two years and had started drinking at this point that uh, according to I and again, I'm saying this off IMDb. So grain of salt uh, would later extend to marijuana and cocaine, which is a big jump because nobody I know that smokes weed has ever been like, you know what? I want to try Coke. She was hanging out with that Richard Mulligan too long. <laughs> That's what that gas did. Is the thing. It, did, it started a drug habit. Uh, but apparently, you know, she's obviously still alive and doing and flourishing. So, you know, it turned out well for her. Thank goodness. Uh, and again, this trivia is boring. This is dumb, but I might as well mention it. Uh, Keanu Reeves is known now for his passion for motorcycles. And it's that started well before this film, but it was while he was in Munich filming this that he learned how to ride a motorcycle and, uh, kind of kick-started, so to speak, his his actual love and getting his first motorcycle when he came back to the U.S. after filming this. Uh, this is pretty obvious. If you pay attention, Drew Barrymore couldn't sing well, so a lady by the name of Linda Harmon was brought in to dub her singing voice. Hmm. Uh, and again, here's some trivia for you. If you love the love boat, like my parents do and most boomers did, uh, Richard Mulligan, Eileen Brennan, and Pat Morita were all at one point a guest on the love boat. So there you go. There's a trivia. Score wise, (laughs) (laughs) score wise, I give it a three. Uh, Again, you know, uh, as a kid, this would have been much higher. When I was a kid, I I, I did. I watched this. I can't. You know, I'm not going to say, oh, watched a hundred times. No, I I watched it a good bit, several times when I was a kid. Loved it as a kid. Had a fond memory of it. But today, and that's what the score reflects. It's a three. You know, I give. And one of those points is just for the cast, and you know the. The fact that it's the, the benefit that it's a TV movie, which this might be the first well, no, we did the V miniseries too, so but uh that was a miniseries, so technically the first movie that we've done that's not a theatrical movie. So I give it a little bit of credit for that, but uh like I said, as an adult, this is a three. This is not enjoyable. There are plenty of kids' programs today that are enjoyable to watch. And that's the ones you should be watching. Uh Jesse, <laughs> if you had to give it a score, if you care to waste your breath to give it a score. I Please give feel it a four. Whoa! <laughs> no, Jesse, no, it's too high. I no, liked it no, more Jesse. than Trey did, but it's still pretty bad. Yeah. So, uh, in the <laughs> I real think world, we were again, this first on uh, Rhinestone last week, weren't we? Oh yeah. I think yours was a little higher than mine, or like one know. higher than yours, I think. Yeah. So, but yeah, all opinions are valid here. So, again, this premiered on television December nineteenth, nineteen eighty six. Seven days later, the day after Christmas, on December 26, we had a birth and a death. We had a birth of Jon Snow, Kit Harington, recently seen in Marvel's Eternals, which I still haven't seen, and we'll watch it on Disney Plus in a couple weeks. He was born 
But on that same day, we lost probably, it might be safe to say, the original Scream Queen. I do believe uh, Bride of Frankenstein came out before Psycho. But the bride herself, Elsa Lanchester, died at 84 years old. December 26, 1986. Uh, again, like she did a lot of, she, you know, she was in several movies, but she will live on forever as the bride of Frankenstein. Fun fact Bride of Frankenstein, it's in black and white, but just in case you didn't know, her hair was red, red mm -hmm. with a white stripe, not black with a white stripe. So there you go, because her wig is on display in a museum somewhere, and the wig was red, red hair. Mm. So there's your fun fact, and you're in the real world to kind of place where it was. Uh, Back to the Future, saw a couple of movies. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll go ahead and just run through them real quick, Jesse, uh, and then we'll get with you did. Uh, I saw the new Christmas movie to be covered on 2020s Revisited in 40 years uh, with Neil Patrick Harris, no relation, unfortunately, 8-Bit Christmas uh, from the producers of Elf. And uh, I'll be honest, it was it tried to be like a Christmas story, but modern. Uh, the kid actors did not sell this movie for me. It, it's worth watching. It's absolutely worth watching. The end, out of nowhere, punches you in the gut. That's all I'll say. It's worth watching, but I wouldn't say it's like a Christmas classic because it's all about him getting a Nintendo, which anybody growing up kind of can kind of relate to that. But it's it's a mishmash of Elf, Jingle All the Way, uh, Christmas Story, and you know the it, when it tries to be funny, it's not. It's more so in kind of the subtlety that where you get kind of the laughs. Hmm. Uh, worth again, worth watching, but I wouldn't watch it, you know, every few Christmases or something. But yeah, the end kind of comes out of nowhere, and you're like, oh. But anyway, enough on that. Don't want to spoil anything. I did see the critically acclaimed Spencer, starring the girl from Twilight, Kristen Stewart. And uh, yeah, I didn't know it was a horror movie, pretty much. So uh, I always thought, you know, Princess Diana was looked at as you know being iconic and you know having some issues, but this movie made her look. To me, from my from watching it with no knowledge other than you know public, I guess you know uh, what most people think of they think of Princess Diana as a humanitarian, very lovely and beautiful and all that. Uh, yeah, this was all about like mental illness and it has the worst score of any movie I've ever seen. And this is getting lauded all over the place, like oh, best actress Kristen Stewart, like she was, you know, she yeah, she, I mean, like much like Robert Pattinson has proven from the Twilight days that he's an amazing actor. Uh, she did great. I mean, I'm not sure if I would say it's Academy Award winning. Maybe I'd have to see what else came out this year. Uh, it's no Carrie Mulligan or uh, Frances McDormand from last year, put it to you that way. But I mean, it's getting a lot of praise for her, and she is probably the best thing about it. Her and uh. Go back to the cast real quick, Jesse, if you don't mind. Uh, it's a supporting actor. He was in. He, he's been in a ton of stuff. Timoth Timothy Spall, uh, British British character actor. He was uh, he was the uh, Ron Weasley's rat in human form in the Harry Potter movies. But he's been in a ton of stuff. He was amazing in this movie as a supporting actor. He should definitely get a nomination, a hundred percent. When you see him, you'll know who I'm talking about. I mean, you will absolutely recognize him. Uh, from the uh, from his appearance, uh, very good character actor, but he was amazing in this movie. I don't recommend this movie, and, uh, and as I'm watching it, I'm looking it up on IMDb, like, okay, why are people saying this is so great? This movie is terrible, my opinion. Uh, and again, normally I don't watch movies like this. I watched it because it's getting a lot of praise, saying it's great. So I want to what is, let's see what the hype is about. I put this in the category of no uh, Nomadland. I didn't get Nomadland. I I didn't think it was 
some best picture nominated. I think it actually won. I didn't think it was the best picture of the year. The father was for me or promising young woman last year. But yeah, uh, unless, you know, I don't see the the hype for this movie. I guess it's just Kristen Stewart, you know, Oh, Oh, you know, just like Robert Pattinson was great in the lighthouse and all these other movies. Uh, Kristen Stewart's a good actress too, which I would, I didn't need this movie to say that because uh, I thought she was great in underwater, which is more my speed, you know, a sci-fi movie, obviously. Uh, so yeah, I think, I mean, she's a fine actress. Uh, she was great in this. Uh, that's about it. But this movie sucked. That movie, like, I, uh, me and like me and Autumn are watching it. Just like this is this is terrible. This is boring. And then sure enough, the director is the same director that did another movie that we watched because of hype that sucked called Jackie. So he loves making movies about well-off white women that are boring AF. Uh, is he a bad director? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying Jackie was boring. It was an overrated performance. Natalie Portman's voice just killed me in that movie. Uh, no shade on her. Just wasn't for me. And then, you know, in Spencer, it's just, I don't know. I, I didn't see the point in the movie. There was no point to it. Uh, it was just showing how, you know, she, there's this scene where she like cuts herself with she, uh, like clippers and it's just like, it made me like wince because the sound effect and everything. It's like, I didn't know Diana was like a cutter and, you know, having these nightmares of eating this pearl necklace was traumatizing to her. And like, it was just, I don't, you know, if I was her children, I would be very upset at this movie because <laughs> it, it really, it, you know, there's a, uh, oh, uh, the public view is kind of what I was meaning to say. Like, you know, there's this public view of Diana as being, you know, such a great, you know, person, humanitarian. This movie makes her out to be a nutcase. Not that there's anything wrong with that or that, you know, she didn't need help or have these issues. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it caught me off guard because I didn't expect that. I went in with a different unknown perspective as to what this movie was about. And it caught me off guard. And, uh, and again, the score, this is a horror movie score put in a drama movie. The score is terrible. If it had a better score, it might have made the movie less boring or maybe more interesting. But the score, you know, of course, the director, I think he said, I read in the trivia, like, oh, the score is meant to make you unsettled. Well, it did, but it didn't make me unsettled. It made me annoyed as to how bad it was. Like it made me recognize it, not for the, what it was doing, but just how, you know, I, I, I have a playlist of like uh, over 200 movie scores. It's nothing but film scores. I'd like to think that I have a good opinion and can tell you a good score from a bad score. And again, opinions are opinions, not say anything like that, but I, I promise you the score is bad. It's the worst movie score I've ever heard in my life. If it was in The Shining, I might say it's a masterpiece. But in this movie, I'm just like, what is happening here the whole time? So I've wasted enough of my breath on this movie. Don't recommend it. Uh, however, 8-Bit Christmas, it's on HBO Max. If you got HBO Max, watch it. It's 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 worth one watch. Uh, and that's all the new stuff that I've seen. Aside from Hawkeye, Hawkeye is really awesome. Really like that show. Uh, there's only one episode left, actually. I just found out a few minutes ago before we got on the air. It's only a six-episode season instead of like the nine or ten that the other ones have been. So... Yeah, but if you haven't watched Hawkeye, it's getting good. Uh, I need to catch back up. So, I've only watched the two, and then I stopped. That's where I was <laughs> until last night. We watched the first two, and then last night we caught up. Mm. Uh, and it's like, it gets, that show, it, it's a it's a good build in that show. I think each episode gets better uh, as it goes on. Nice. But yeah, anyway, that's all the new stuff I saw and did this past, uh, well, two weeks. Of course, we took off that week before because I had to go to check out some stuff. More on that later, but uh, any uh, any stuff you've seen, played, done, Jesse? Uh, not much new stuff. Um, for board gamers, we started Clank Legacy. That's a fun game. And for TV, uh, the new season of Sunny's out. So oh yeah, 
and they're releasing them two episodes at a time. So they're like six episodes oh. in already. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm way behind. I knew it was coming out, and I thought I heard that it did come out, yeah. but I haven't watched it yet. Oh, and the new South Park movie came out, too. Yes, I haven't watched that yet. I have watched it. That's <laughs> post-COVID, post-COVID, whatever it is. So we'll talk about that next week. And the new one yeah, comes I need to catch out one like sunny for sure. really soon, too, like the follow-up to the movie. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's got to get on that. <laughs> yep. Because yeah, that's one thing about, the, you know, they can crank it out. They crank it. You know, you get behind in South Park, you get way behind really quick. Cause yeah. You kind of have a lull, and then like you have a whole, wait. Well, I didn't even know this was out. What's out this? And it's oh, it comes out today, actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> at the time we're recording this, yeah, it comes out today. So awesome. I got to watch that tonight. Nice, cannot wait. So good. So yeah, that kind of wraps it up. No emails this week, so I know everybody's on vacation and stuff. So I'll, that's the excuse I'll give for not getting one. Uh, <laughs> all our fans in Qatar, keep those numbers up. They're dropping. <laughs> Qatar, keep them numbers up. But as always, you can send an email. 80s Revisited at gmail.com on Facebook, 80s Revisited Podcast on Instagram, 80s underscore revisited. And check out our good friend John from Lafayette, Louisiana, our home state, uh, with the Cajun Toy Review. He's he puts out like sometimes I've seen three or four videos a day, so that dude's pumping them out. Mm-hmm. And of course, the Bamcast and uh, with uh, Ben Wyatt, and then also you know, check out I hate saying it because of I'm, I still got a bruise on the back of my head from that jerk Doomslayer, but you know what? I got to respect the guy. He loses every match, but you know what? He, he puts that mask on every time and wraps that chain around his fist and he goes out there and gives it his all. Mm. So I got to respect that. Even if it's after the match. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So uh, TCW Tasmanian champion or Tasmanian championship wrestling. Uh, Check it out. Uh, Doomslayers, the official endorsed wrestler of 80s revisited here in the States. Nice. Uh, so check that out. Give them a like on Facebook and all that kind of fun stuff. And he has a YouTube channel too. So check that out. And as I mentioned earlier, next week for the second movie in our trilogy of Christmas movies that we're doing that are only related because they have to do with Christmas, we'll be doing Santa Claus, the movie. And I hope to God it ages better than this movie. Cause I have not seen it since it came out. And to be honest, I don't remember liking it when it came out. So hopefully this will be an, maybe next week. I'll, wow. As an adult, I really like that movie. But I'm not holding my breath. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if it's free on any services to watch. I haven't looked yet. Uh, if it is, I'll tweet it. I'll, I'll say tweet. I don't fuck. I don't tweet. <laughs> uh, so I'll go on Instagram and Facebook uh, and everything. So, yeah. Uh, next week, Santa Claus. And, of course, the, the bright light at the end of the tunnel, looking through the uh, past Santa Claus, the movie, for the week after Christmas, or the I think maybe the week of Christmas. I can't remember which where the calendar falls. Uh, well, actually, I can tell you right now. Cause I'm on my laptop, so I can look down. So yeah, Santa, yeah, the week. Uh, uh, so Santa Claus the movie next uh, week for Christmas Eve, and then for New Year's for Happy New or Merry New Year. Trading places. Finally, we're gonna get to that on the podcast. So even if Santa Claus the movie sucks, you got trading places to look forward to a week after that, and I'm looking forward to that because that is a movie I watch every year, and always meant to do it on the podcast around this time of year, and it just never worked out that way. But we are rectifying that as we have many other issues in this comeback after the year of COVID due to me moving to California and just being lethargic and lazy for a year. Mm. Anyway, we will see you next week. Don't watch Babes in Toyland. Maybe watch Santa Claus the movie if you're thinking about it. But definitely have Trading Places ready to go in a couple of weeks because if you haven't seen that one, boy, you're missing out. So until then, I remain... Trey Harris. Jesse Sedgley. Cowabunga. C-I-N-N. Blah, 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 blah. I don't know. <laughs> Forget that movie.
and more on facebook.com slash awesomepods and follow us on twitter at awesomepods. Pods.